0: Time now with the second half of Main Street Sports today on this Thursday edition, and we'll be joined coming up uh, oh in about ten minutes from now from Vanderbilt Athletic Director Miss Candace Story Lee. We'll talk a little Commodores. Uh, notice the uh, the logo there. I got the the right logo. Well, I just changed it off, but I did get the V. Uh, JP, the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, Teresa Walker. We'll also uh, talk a little. Uh, NBA Finals, Game 6 tonight. The Stanley Cup Final from last night, Game 1. Avs up one to nothing there. And this little uh, baseball segment uh, with a series coming up this weekend, an interesting series, the Braves and the Cubs. 14 in a row. Mo, uh, did you ever dream you would see this again? Because this ties the second best, if I heard you correctly yesterday. Is that accurate?
1: It, it, it does tie their second best um, as the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, it's, it's just nice to see them string a few games together. I wasn't necessarily looking for 14, but to just win a few games in a row was, was kind of what this team needed as, as we've talked over the, the length of this streak. You know, they were win one, lose two. They I don't think they ever lost more than two in a row or won more than two in a row until they got on this run that they're on now. So, you know, it, it's just been nice to see everything come together over this two-week period now. And, you know, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> Chris, Chris Yao, our co-host, who I guess is still on the beach, JP. Is that, is that right? Uh, I,
0: we hope so. We hope so. As hot as it is, I hope he's close to yeah. water, because otherwise the alternative yeah, yeah, exactly. is Lower Alabama. If you think it's hot here, oh boy.
1: <laughs> Good point. Um, his favorite talk show. The um, what is it? The it's not the Roundtable. What what is it with Jim Dunaway and that
0: bunch? Yeah, that, you, you. There's a show out of Alabama. Spot, but it, yeah, out I out can't Birmingham.
1: remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it off the top, but they had um, Buster Olney on from ESPN, um, former Nashville banner writer Buster Olney, a couple of weeks ago. And he also declared the NL East race over when he was on with them, I think, on June 2nd. And they've not lost since. And they had him back on (laughs) um, today. Good for Buster to his credit he yeah. he he ate his crow quite well said that his son is a Braves fan and he's been sticking it to him every night just <laughs> texting him with the number you know <laughs> 10 11 12 of like a graphic yeah so yeah yeah, yeah kind of like the graphic yes uh-huh. if you are if you are fortunate or unfortunate enough to be watching us you can see that JP has has extended it all the way out there to fourteen. It's like keeping the up with
0: strikeouts hit- in a game, Mo. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I'm thinking with this graphic. You know, people that sit like there in the you- front row of the upper deck and, and they hang those K's um, you know, as as they get strikeouts. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting with this um <laughs> with this graphic.
1: <laughs> I like it. You're doing a heck of a job with that.
2: That's very nice. I did have a flashback to when Kerry Wood uh, used to, you know, mow him down, and they'd hang the number. Yeah, sorry, Mo. I mean, I I do have some good memories as a Cubs fan, so, you know. No, you've
1: got plenty of memories as a Cubs fan. I'm sure. You were at one of those World Series games.
2: I remember I was at three, all three 2016 World Series games. Yes. Only got to enjoy the final one as a victory, but uh, yes. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Keep,
1: keep, keep talking. In, intern two is going to come and take the mic from you. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. He's, he's talking to his girlfriend at the moment. So, uh, or actually, no, oh, okay. oh, sorry. The laptop's missing. He's got a paper due ah. Saturday to finish up a class. So uh, here's the fun thing. You can't declare a team a winner before the end of June. I'm sorry, not in baseball. I mean, it's like, you know, maybe when you go into July, you can kind of say a division's over. But, I mean, shoot, didn't Houston go on an incredible tear? I mean, the Cardinals. I mean, there are just so many teams that have gotten hot, shoot, into August even. If you can finish August and September hot and string together this kind of winning streak – you can put yourself right back in the mix. I mean, you know, so yeah, Buster, he's a great guy. You know, I got to meet him at a a college sports thing that uh, was put on by Vanderbilt a few years ago and he's a nice guy, but yeah, sometimes when we're talking, we sometimes maybe forget what the calendar date really is. So (laughs) yeah.
1: I think, I think he just kind of got caught up in the Mets Kool-Aid a little bit there, but to be fair, the Mets were up ten and a half at the time he made the statement. Of course, they're now up four.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Don't don't yeah. rule out a baseball pennant race, uh, or division race until you get at least the end of July. Yeah, that's i caution against sure. it until September. Because I, I remember I would, 1969.
1: I would agree. Ho- hopefully Buster has learned his lesson there. <laughs> but um at, the Braves only hit three home runs last night, after hitting five each of their first two games against the um, that team in Washington, um, the Nats, as I like to refer to them. So um, they're they're getting it done on the mound. Spencer Strider with five and two thirds last night, um, another great start for him. And and I think they have now hit what thirty eight home runs over the course of this streak. So. They are definitely rolling into Wrigley Field for three starting tomorrow. Meanwhile, the Cubs have lost nine straight, as we mentioned in the rundown. 19-5 loss yesterday to San Diego and kind of headed in that direction again today. So Charlie Morton will be on the bump for the Braves tomorrow and looking for 15. Should be fun.
2: I'll, I'll just I'll just say this. This is going to be a great weekend if you want souvenirs out on Waveland or Sheffield. OK, just be ready to get your glove out there and try to catch a few balls Um that. Uh, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> well this day in Braves history before we get out of here on June 16th, 2011. Chipper Jones matched a career high with five RBIs, and Brooks Conrad hit a ninth inning two-run home run off closer Francisco Rodriguez to force extra innings. But it took a walk-off balk for the Braves to edge the visiting Mets nine-eight with two out and two on. DJ Carrasco balked to score Diori Hernandez from third with the game winner. The the ever exciting walk-off balk for the Braves there in that win. So. There you go. This day embraces history, sponsored by your business here. Um, when we come back on Main Street Sports today, we will be joined by Vanderbilt athletics director, Vanderbilt alumnus, former Commodore women's basketball standout, Candace Story Lee. So stay with us.
4: 388 5731 5731 and schedule your tour
0: today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck, yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at HighSchoolOfficials.com.
4: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. AP Tennessee Sports Editor. Three time Tennessee Sports Wrider of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome,
1: Trees. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen
3: to that before I go to bed every night.
4: That was nice. <laughs> Has yeah. five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham! Uh-huh. McGee- (laughs)
0: Other guy, Wham, married the best-looking girl, Bananarama. So other guy, Wham, had a pretty good life.
4: From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice.
3: The city famous for its music is quiet now. But it's about to be overwhelmed by the Symphony of Speed. Nashville Super Speedway will be rocking from the pit to the grandstand. June 24th through 26th, the Ally 400 NASCAR Cup Series race weekend brings a mix of incredible racing and live entertainment. Tickets are going fast, so visit NashvilleSuperSpeedway.com today and join the full-throttle
0: fun. Welcome back to Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. JP alongside the Hall of Famer Mo Patton and the Hall of Famer Teresa Walker. Two-time in the Hall of Famer today, so we are glad to be with you. Uh, coming up, we'll talk a little NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final from last night as well. Uh, but Moe, uh, we are excited to have this next guest. It's a shame she's not on a video to see the backdrop of what's hanging in my home office here. Uh, I think she would be very proud of that, but, uh, I know you've been excited to, uh, to bring on our next guest and I'll let you introduce her.
1: I really have. Um, especially with the news that broke a few weeks ago as, as Vander Vanderbilt gets set to bring back volleyball as a women's sports offering. Um, really pleased to bring on Vanderbilt athletics director, Candace Lee, um, formerly Candace Story, as I knew her when she was playing <laughs> basketball for the Commodores. Candace, um, welcome to Main Street Sports today. Really happy to have you with us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Can we first just talk about the backdrop that I can't see? Please, somebody do tell.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. So, so Miss Candace, I, I'm a lifelong Vanderbilt fan. Uh, my parents went to Belmont. They actually marched in the Vanderbilt marching band. Um yeah. so I so I've I've grown up um you know going to going to games and, and I've just got some um <laughs> some some Vanderbilt paraphernalia I should say hanging in my home office so Oh
3: that's wonderful yes. I'm glad to hear that. That's I, nice. I have
0: that every day, Candace. I didn't do this just for your appearance today. You, yeah, so no, no, I do you I, every sincere. day. <laughs> I, you sincere.
3: I know you've had it the whole time. I know. <laughs>
1: Moking the test. Candace, um, That's our ace producer, J.P. Plant, and we're going to ignore him now. But um, the the announcement back in April that you all would be bringing volleyball back, um, I know that that was something you were really proud to be a part of. And I know that um, out in the community, because I covered a lot of high school softball this spring, and over the next few weeks afterwards, there was a real why volleyball? Why not softball? Blah, 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 And I'm like, well, have you Mm -hmm. been to their campus recently? Um, (laughs) was, was, Was softball ever a consideration? Is softball ever a consideration for Vanderbilt? When you look at the fact that the Southeastern Conference sent 12 of its 13 softball teams to the NCAA tournament a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, excuse me.
3: So I'm always looking at, so the answer is that there are a lot of sports that are on the table because I think it's my responsibility and our responsibility to to track trends. And it's easy to see that volleyball and softball, for example, are two really popular sports. It's also my responsibility to figure out what is what is doable, what can be executed in um X time frame. And so you were, you know, I know you were playing, but you're absolutely right when you think about our campus. I mean, I I enjoy watching softball, so I I know very much that the SEC is strong in it, and I think it's a great sport. Um, It is not feasible at this time for me to add softball in our current footprint. And what I'm trying to do first and foremost is maximize what we can do in our current footprint. I'm always thinking about what's next what I don't want to do is get sidetracked and not take care of what we can do right in front of us, like what we can do now. So with the great momentum around Bandy United, which we know is going to start with a basketball practice facility, that then frees up a lot of space to be able to add volleyball and do so at a championship level. I also think, you know, I've, I, I, uh, as I've studied softball, right. And you look and you say, well, where could you put a softball field? And everybody um, talks about, you know, adjacent land or, or land somewhere in the city. I will tell you that I just met with a recruit earlier in my office. And at at this point I'm meeting with recruits just about every day. And I say to each of them that part of the magic of this place is the strong sense of community and the fact that all of our sports operate in the same space same area. So, but for the golf course, which, you know, is not on campus, all of our facilities are adjacent to one another. And even the golfers, you know, they're out at Legends, but they spend a lot of time in Guggen, which is right in the middle of our athletic footprint. And so keeping everyone together is a priority. So I I will never say what won't happen in the future because I'm going to push us to be as creative and innovative as possible. But softball is just not feasible at this time. And volleyball, though, it makes so much sense given the popularity in this area. And I also want to make sure that in short order, um, we can provide a championship caliber experience for all of our sports and so volleyball just falls
1: in line with that. Volleyball was at Vanderbilt in the mid to late 70s, discontinued after the 79-80 season, is expected back for the 2025 season. And, you know, while you don't have space for a softball facility, you do have a gym. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's uh, right. It it makes it pretty, pretty easy, I would think, to make that decision when you look at everything that you had to work with. So you guys are now where where are you in terms of the coaching search? I I know when it was announced, it was expected that you all would announce a a hiring this fall. Is that still the the timetable that you all are working on as far as that goes?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I I said that by the end of the year, I thought we would hire some. So that's still the same general time frame, end of the calendar year or early in the spring. And, you know, that's the other thing is getting a head coach in place and then giving him or her time to um, get to know Vanderbilt, understand the recruiting landscape, uh, be able to build their staff also to help with the architects as they think about what modifications need to be made in memorial for volleyball. You know, want the head coach to be able to have input there as we create the what they think is the, the you know the necessary facility so where facility needs. So I think that we're probably if I had to guess we're probably five or six months away from truly launching that search. Okay. end
1: of the year. Candace Lee, Vanderbilt Athletics Director, our guest here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, obviously, Candace, we're into the summer now, and that means we are right around the corner from football. Uh, you, right. you went through our coaching search about 18 months or so ago now, I guess, that, that brought uh, Clark Lee back to campus, what have you seen what do you see as far as football in Clark Lee
3: So I'm so happy that you brought that up because I was meeting with a recruit in another sport earlier today and some of our freshman football players turned the corner and we were walking out and I was standing in the hall and um, I, I thought about what I said to my husband last night because I told him but I like how these kids look they just they just they physically look look different. Um, they're also great kids. They make eye contact. They have great questions. They're so excited to be here. I, uh, I have to tell you that I met with all of our freshmen who are here this summer, and that's it's a, several sports represented, um, including football and both basketball. And, um, one football player, we were talking about why they chose Vanderbilt. And most of them I had met at one time or another on their official visit. And these kids over and over kept talking about the opportunity to win at the highest level. And I love that already these kids are thinking that. You know, for me, anecdotally, that, that was um, I can attribute that to the culture that Clark continues to build, the environment that he continues to build in this program. So these kids are operating with a lot of confidence. They're working very hard. By no means have we arrived. We're not there yet. You know, we're not there yet, and we're, we're really clear on that. But uh, what I appreciate is that the path is very clear. The vision is very clear. You know, my job is to make sure that Clark and team have the resources to enact the vision. Um, and I think it's going great. I really do. I, I like the energy. I like the poise. I like the um, enthusiasm. Clark was in my office earlier today, and I mean his wheels are turning, and he's really excited for you know team two year two so i i think we're in a very good spot and um we have a lot of work to do and every day i re- you know we remind each other that we're not going to skip steps if we're going to build this thing the right way um there's a clear path to get there
2: Well, and Candace, I'm going to chime in here. Uh, One thing that's kind of crucial in building a program like what Clark is doing there at Vanderbilt is having continuity. He didn't, you know, there was a little bit of change on the coaching staff, but largely this whole group is staying intact going into year two. How key is that in, in helping build this uh, as, you know, let's face it. He's, you know, it's very obvious that he needed to, to rebuild a bit. uh, And this isn't going to happen overnight, but keeping that staff together, uh, how much does that help that whole process
3: yeah i think that's really important and you know i think the biggest thing is that um i want to make sure that our sports right we're talking about clark right now but all of our sports i want to make sure that they have the resources needed to recruit and retain the staff that that they need to win at the highest level and so of course getting them here is really important and then retaining them is, is you know arguably even more important and i don't ever want our coaches to say You know, I was not able to have the stability because I didn't have the resources I needed to keep them. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, coach, I don't think coach feels that way. I think he was, you know, you're always going to have some level of attrition. People leave for personal reasons. Sometimes opportunities just make more sense. But by and large, he was able to keep the staff intact. And I agree with you. Um, I think that's an important ingredient to success.
2: And Candace, I know that Vandy fans are just, they're they are hesitant, they're skeptical about when the shovels start turning dirt over there. Uh, I know that there was a sewer line that kind of slowed things down. Uh, what can people expect to start, you know, when they drive by Vanderbilt and, and they're looking, trying to figure out, is something going on? When can they start seeing some, some things starting to happen with the, the renovations and the upgrades that you all have planned?
3: Yeah, I know that, um, you know, since I'm in it every day, I know that uh, I get the benefit of knowing that that construction has already started. It's just that you won't see the, you know, the public won't be able to tell until later this fall. And that's just the truth. I agree with you wholeheartedly that some people are skeptical. You know, I I can't do anything about historical narratives. All I can do is follow up on what I said. And um, I've tried to do that for two straight years, and I'll do that as long as I'm in this seat. So I would say that if you looked at my calendar, you would know that construction is underway, but soon to come, people will actually be able to tell it um, from the fans eyes. So later this year, that will be much more evident.
2: And, and for people who come for football, they, they might be looking around, but that's going to have to wait until the football season ends, right, for, for anything to really start uh, the, the, the big stuff happening just outside the stadium right in that corner between Memorial and the stadium.
3: Yeah, it'll be much more noticeable, you're right, when the season ends because we still have to make sure. So, so the, there are some things happening under the field right now. And then we've got to get the field back, put back together so that we can play football, right? And there will be things that are happening behind the scenes. But you're right. We have to still be able to play the games. As soon as football season ends, it will be much more noticeable because, like you said, we don't have to worry about trying to accommodate um, a game every Saturday. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's kind of this dance of you're trying to make sure that you minimize the disruption but we can't wait to do all of these things. Like construction, you don't just flip a switch and construction starts, right? Construction has already started. It's just that we have to build the timing around so that uh, when we play that first home game, like we're ready to do so without disrupting the fans or the team. So you're right, but I just want to reiterate that there the things that we can do now, we're doing.
2: I got the chance to talk with you, Candice, last week for our Title IX package. And FYI, a uh, story that has video from that and everything will be moving for AP on Saturday morning, bright and early. Uh, oh, yeah. And the Vandy bowling team is going to be featured in a story on international players taking advantage of the Title IX. That's moving on Friday. Uh, great. So Vandy's, get, Vandy's in the AP package a lot. But for, for you, oh, does does Vanderbilt – Kind of celebrate Title IX, uh, or is it just kind of tough because you know that thirty-seven you know word law came down in you know it's June. You know, is there is there much that you all can do to help celebrate the this or or is by the fact that well you're a woman AD in the SEC, the first black female AD in the a- in SEC enough maybe to help celebrate?
3: Yeah, um, I, I would say that. And I think, you know, Teresa, we talked about this, I think a little bit, and um, it, it, it's complicated, right? Because um, there is the legal requirement that is Title IX that, uh, you know, the 50th anniversary is next week. And that is important to acknowledge that. But I don't want, I want us to celebrate it every day by showing that gender equity and a commitment to equality is infused in our DNA. That is the way that I think that we um, maximize our impact and truly live up to what is expected. So I I would never sit here and say, well, we've got it all figured out. We have a female AD. Or what what I hope is that, you know, if, if anything, I think the pressure is on us more because we have a female AD. And we need to make sure that, you know, we're constantly living it out. And that that's sort of a standard I try to hold myself to. And I just have mixed feelings because in some ways I'm – in all ways I'm grateful. And I want to acknowledge the progress that has been made over 50 years. But, gosh, I just want to be really careful because we have to be sophisticated enough to celebrate but realize that we still have so much work to do.
1: Mm. Man, Candace, listening to you, I, I just <laughs> – I wish we could have gotten you on sooner. I, I hope we can get you on again because I, I just really enjoy your insight, and I've I've been fortunate enough to uh, enjoy it for quite a while, actually. But um,
3: well, that's very nice. I appreciate you. I do. Just want to say that, like, when I think about my time here and coming here as a seventeen-year-old. You're one of the first faces that I remember, you know, and you're one of the first people that I really got to know from like a media perspective, from an external perspective. And you're always very kind to my teammates and I, and I, you know, you may not know that how much of a difference that makes, especially when you're, you're a young girl, you are trying to find your way and to be treated with respect and makes a difference. So I want to thank you for that.
1: Well, well, I appreciate you saying that you're, you're far too kind. Um, Got to ask you, you know, over the last few years, looking at the sports landscape at Vanderbilt, baseball Mm -hmm. has been the one thing that Vanderbilt supporters have been able to hang their hat on. This Mm -hmm. year didn't necessarily go the way Vanderbilt baseball fans would have anticipated or hoped for. Um, From where you were sitting, what did you see and what do you see going forward
3: oh yeah this is easy we have the best baseball program in the country and you know there is a. (laughs) when i think about being a student athlete here i can assure you that there was no outcry in the way that i saw this year about the performance of our team because there were no expectations we're the best program in the country right and i think that Uh, When we think, you know, Commodore Nation, I think, is thrilled that we have, that we do, we can boast and be the envy of all programs. We have the best coach in the country. Um, We have a template that shows what can happen when you get the right leader. You give resources. You give runway. I mean, we, we know what can happen, and that's because of Vanderbilt Baseball. So what I saw is the best coach in the country, and I'm excited That's it. That's it. He's awesome. He's awesome. And those kids are awesome. And I don't know. I mean, I can facetiously facetiously say it's first world problems when people are upset that you are not in Omaha every year. I think that we can look around and we can see people should not take for granted. Like it's hard to get to Omaha and we continue to go. I understand that we weren't there this year. I mean, there ain't, a, there, there ain't a person here that wants to win more than me. And we have won year in and year out with Tim Corbin and with the Vandy boys. And so we didn't make it out the Super Regional this year. I'm glad people have high expectations of us. We have them of ourselves. And so we are disappointed. But it is nothing more than that. It is That's nothing more than when- that.
2: Candace, that's the advantage when you have high expectations, right? When you're, when, if you're not competing in Omaha for a title, uh, that's a down year. So I, I, that seems to be a pretty good standard to have been set.
3: Now, ab- absolutely. You know, and I, and I think you know, and I think that I think that's true, right? Because that's just competitiveness. But I would never want that to be to turn into entitlement, right? These kids work hard. These coaches work hard. You can look at you know you can look at schools that were in Omaha one year and then didn't make it out to the conference tournament the following year. It happened. It, it not just it happens all the time. <laughs> you know, and I and I and I mean I'm not at all. I I respectfully I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of another school. I'm not. I mean this is the SEC, the very best of the best in every sport. All I, the only reason I bring that up is to say it is really hard to do what we have done year in and year out and that should never ever ever be forgotten and we should never take for granted you know I think I would hope that people agree with me I'm talking about the best coach in the sport of baseball he works at Vanderbilt so we I mean that's tremendous But I kind of think we all just need to remember that So how did I feel? I feel great. I can't wait for, you know, I can't wait for baseball season. I can't wait for football season. I can't wait for basketball season. I can't wait. I need a break. I need a small vacation and then I'll be ready to get it again. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Candace Story Lee, the Vanderbilt athletics director joining us here on main street sports today. Candace, it's been a treat having you on. Hopefully we can make it happen again here sometime. And, um, just really appreciate you.
3: It would be my pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Anchor down, Thank Candace. You. You, Anchor and get down. some time
2: off, Candace. Yeah. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> when we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, um, NHL getting their Stanley Cup final singular started last night nba getting its finals possibly finished tonight um we'll knock it around here in just a bit stay with us
4: zion christian academy zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731 you can schedule your appointment go toward their campus it is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it again it's zioneagles.org give them a call 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today a game without a crowd is just a scrimmage a performance without an audience is just a rehearsal without your presence high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER visit us online at www.mtbj.net
0: Welcome back in final segment of Main Street Sports today on this Thursday JP the Hall of Famer Mo Patton the Hall of Famer Teresa Walker our special guest host today and um, that was fun hearing uh, Candice uh, Lee Vanderbilt AD just uh, you're, you're right Mo. just listening to her talk and the passion she has for what she does is um, you know of course I'm I'm a little invested as a, as a fan, but, uh, but it was, um, it was really, really neat to hear her, uh, expound upon some of those things. And tell you what, I'm, I'm ready to go. I mean, you heard me, I was got to say anchor down to her and she responded back. So that was cool.
1: <laughs> I think as a fan mm-hmm. to listen to someone like Candace Lee, like you said, expound upon her vision for yeah. that athletic program and. You know, she didn't waver on anything. She wasn't being a cheerleader. She's just telling you, here's what's going on. Here's what we see. Here's what we aspire to. And, you know, we feel confident that we can get there. I would think it's got to be really reassuring and comforting to a fan to hear your athletics director speak like that about her program.
0: No kidding.
2: And I'll just say this, I, when when they were look, I always thought that Candace should have been the uh, and was the logical uh, successor to David Williams. You know, when they when they did their outside the box hire of Malcolm Turner, I could understand what they were thinking. But it's like and, and I know that there's some folks that's like, well, Candace has been she's a, she's a Vanderbilt lifer, so to speak. But she knows one how it works. And she is a passion. She is a former Vanderbilt athlete there. She competed on that campus. She knows the nooks and the crannies of that place. And, you know, it's like it's 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 it was nice to see her finally get the chance to be the interim and then have them take that off. Because I thought she was the perfect person for that job for a very long time.
1: I I agree wholeheartedly, 100 percent. And I think at a Vanderbilt, I think there is value in. Knowing where the nooks and crannies are, as you said, the same thing with Clark Lee. I, I, with Vanderbilt, is such a unique situation that I think it really takes someone who has lived it to be able to sell it.
2: Sell it and know what the, I mean. When Clark Lee came in, one of the things he did hire Barton Simmons to help yeah. identify the guys that they need to compete at Vanderbilt. And, you know, that was part of what Bobby Johnson had success with, was finding guys that they could develop into Vanderbilt players. Uh, and, and that's what Clark Lee is doing. And, and, and I mentioned the, you know, I asked her about that that, you know, keeping the coaches around, huge key. You know, Derek Mason, great guy, but he was changing coordinators the last few years like he was changing shoes. You can't do that, not at Vanderbilt, not when you're trying to grow and build.
1: You hit it. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That continuity again, when, when you are fighting the battle that Vanderbilt is fighting is vital, I think. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, again, we had Pete Weber as a guest on yesterday here on main street sports today, talking about the, the Stanley cup final and the excitement was there. I mean, i Jody and I went out to eat yesterday and, and I think the abs were up two to nothing less than 10 minutes into the, into the game. It was three, one at the end of the first period. And I didn't pay much more attention to it, but, um, four, three abs in overtime. Um,
2: it was impressive. I turned over for the overtime period because I was watching the 30 for 30 dream on. So I didn't watch the game. My son intern turn two was in my home office uh, where I'm at now watching the game and giving me updates. And it's like, that's fine. That's fine. And my timing was perfect. I turn over. They just finished the intermission. They're going to the start of overtime. And here's the tough thing about being on social media. I was kind of going through and I'd refreshed. And an AP colleague, uh, Tim Reynolds, who's one of our NBA writers, mm-hmm. uh, he tweeted, Boy, that was fast or that was no. quick. And I'm like, Okay, somebody's about to score. He was about 10 to 15 seconds ahead of my TV. And I was able to see the winning goal, but I didn't, he, he didn't tip. Was it, was it Tampa Bay? Was it Colorado (laughs) who scored? What happened? I just knew that even though he's NBA and he's a little busy right now with the NBA finals, I just figured that that was a goal in that game. And sure enough, it was, uh, if that's the thing, if you're going to knock off the two time defending Stanley cup champs, it's going to have to be a team that can score and score a lot of points. And that has been tested And Colorado, you know, coming out of the West, it certainly meets those criteria and, You know, when you can get a goal from a Burkowski who, you know, hadn't done much, you know, in the postseason, that's the beautiful thing about the Stanley Cup Finals. Somebody's going to do something that you weren't expecting. That's why we tune in.
1: I think I saw a graphic last night that the Lightning had not been down two goals in this postseason. Oh, wow. Maybe. And does, does that sound right, Teresa?
2: kind of sound right sounds right but you know the rangers did go up to nothing on them uh to start the uh, eastern conference final but uh yeah you know, i was keeping kind of track on that but uh, i'll be honest uh you know at a certain point I-, I i tune in but i need a little bit of a break like i mentioned i need vacation i i watch the games when i'm at, at the crucial moments because i need a break I've had, yeah. you know, after the NBA playoff run of the Grizzlies, the, the Predators short run, the NFL draft, uh, you know, when I come back from vacation, it all starts again on the hamster wheel. So, yeah, I'm not paying as close attention, kind of like with the Cubs right now. I'm ignoring them a bit.
1: Well, oh, you know, you, that's you your men- reason. Okay, yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, um, you you mentioned the Grizzlies and your coverage thereof, Teresa. Um What were your impressions of the Warriors and how has this series gone relative to what you would have expected?
2: Guys, I'm kind of expecting the uh, Warriors to close it out tonight because uh, the the Celtics, as good as they've been, you know, back to back seven game series takes a little bit out of you. And now they're not just traveling to Miami, which guys, Boston to Miami, that's a haul. You know, now they're flying back and forth from coast to coast. And when you've been traveling, when you've been doing it, you know, it just feels like they're about to hit the wall. Now, maybe they surprise me and fight back the way they did to beat Miami in the last series. And, you know, they were also, you know, they had another game seven series. And I'm trying to remember who that was against, if it was Milwaukee or the Nets. And they're going to, you know, it just that many games takes a toll. And the travel. We saw it a few years ago with the Nashville Predators when they had back-to-back with Anaheim and then San Jose. You know, at a certain point, the travel as well as in high class as the travel is at that level takes a toll on you. And with the Warriors, you know, the other night, they win a game where Steph doesn't make a single three You know, that, you know, they're they're kind of trying to bridge both gaps here. You know, the, the, the older veterans, Draymond, Steph, Clay Thompson, you know, both, you know, all three of them have had their struggles in this series. And then they've had some moments where they've gone off. I don't think Draymond though has, except for getting fouls. But uh, and then you've got the Andrew Wiggins, you know Jordan Poole, you know Kevon Looney, who's just you know play, has played a really great postseason. They're bridging that gap, trying, but I think they get the championship that they're so desperately wanting. Now that said, this may be the the last of the Warriors run with this group, so or this trio. So enjoy it if you're a Warriors fan. Uh, I, the Grizzlies are coming. And the NBA draft is a week from tonight. They have two first-round picks. And if I'm watching John Morant's Twitter and some of the other guys, they're paying attention. They know where they want to be next year. And they are making very clear that they are working out so that they can be in this position next year.
0: Teresa, i I got a follow-up to your statement there about Golden State. Maybe the last one for this trio. Is that because one or two may be gone or because the Grizzlies you're talking about – it's it's the next per, next team in line is that kind of what you're thinking
2: yeah absolutely jp yeah. because that's the thing they're they're young they're coming you know the, the the warriors at the beginning of that series with memphis it was all like well you got to have a couple of you know you got to go through some heartbreak first well yeah. the the the, the uh, grizzlies lost to the jazz last year mm-hmm. you know in five games and after battling through the first play in tournament uh, beating the spurs and winning at golden state they're coming, and they're gonna. They've got money and draft picks to, to, to tweak this roster to add a little bit more to it.
0: They could check those uh, boxes, those heartbreak boxes off, Mo. The, check yeah, them. Off. They've
2: been there, done that. Now it's time to go win. <laughs>
1: Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, our special guest host here on today's Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Tomorrow, Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 will be with JP and I for the ride. So um, be sure and check that out. Teresa, thank you so much. We've enjoyed it.
2: My pleasure. And now it's time to start heading downtown because uh, the World Cup announcement comes in the next hour. It it looks like Nashville won't be in the mix. Uh, But we're expecting Butch Spiriton to be talking to us one way or the other around 5 o'clock.
1: You can follow Teresa at Teresa M. Walker on Twitter and get all of her latest updates on Nashville in the World Cup here in about an hour and a half. So check her out. Check us out tomorrow at 2. This is Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee. Go and join. See
4: you